Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Shap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. Well, the Live Golf Movement is here, and it starts this week, the inaugural event being held at Centurion Golf Club outside of London. It begins with a $25 million purse, including $4 million to the winner. Dustin Johnson has resigned from the PGA Tour. He is expected to play this week. Sergio Garcia, Louis Oosthuizen, Charles Schwartzel, and Brandon Grace have also resigned their memberships of the PGA Tour. They joined Kevin Na, who did so this past weekend. Phil Mickelson, who announced earlier this week he is playing on the Live Tour, indicated that he intends to keep his PGA Tour lifetime membership. Phil says he's still going to play in the majors, but he's committed to Live Golf now, and there are 200 million reasons why he is committed to live golf. So it'll be interesting to see how the PGA Tour reacts to losing golfers to this live golf tour. A lot to pay attention to in the coming weeks. Speaking of the majors, the third major of the year, the U.S. Open is next week at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. We'll have more on that next week. This week on From the Short Grass, I have a Zoom interview with Bunky Perkins. This guy loves the game of golf, and if he could, I think would play almost every day of the week, but he is not able to with young kids and a full-time job. But if you follow Bunky Perkins on Twitter, you will have a barrel of laughs. This guy holds nothing back and will come after anyone on Twitter. He recently sat down with Scott Van Pelt when the PGA Championship was over in Tulsa. Bunky is from Tulsa. And let me tell you this, Bunky Perkins is not his real name. And you're not going to find out his real name in the interview, but I think you're going to love my interview with Bunky Perkins. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. You can find them on the web at blackmanauctions.com. We are back with more from the short grass after this. Stay with us. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary colorful rooms with high quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. 
This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The economy is changing slowly but surely. The market is slowing down in a gradual slide. Not an emergency yet, the sky is not falling, but a change is coming. When times are good, auctions make buyers compete to buy at the highest market value. When the economy gets tough, auctions force buyers to make a purchase decision. Either way, auctions get the highest return for a seller and a strong deal for a buyer. With an experienced auction company, it's a simple process. Go to BlackmanAuctions.com for more information. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success, not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. Twitter is a place that can provide some entertainment. And one Twitter account, at Bunky Perkins, is just the entertainment that you might be looking for. When I started this podcast, From the Short Grass, I didn't want to just talk to PGA Tour players and big-time amateur golfers. I wanted to bring in some everyday Joe Blow golfers. And this guy that I am about to introduce you to is extremely funny on Twitter and is a must follow at Bunky Perkins is just a hoot. And I think you will enjoy this interview. So on the tee via zoom, Bunky Perkins, Bunky Perkins. Welcome to from the short grass. Wow. Bunky. You, first of all, that's not your real name. We're not going to ask what your real name is, but you got to tell me, how'd you come up with Bunky Perkins? Uh, it's an actual person. Uh, I guess I am him now. I don't know. Uh, he actually is a real person. So um, early on in my career, uh, I was a GM in the Arena Football League. I was kind of bored. The arena football is boring, especially in off season. And we had a player. So when I start when I start writing, just kind of on the side, I did some stuff for like Every Day Should Be Saturday, SB Nation, stuff like that. And didn't want to write under my real name. Uh, and so. We had a guy on our team whose name was Reggie Bunky Perkins, and Reggie played wide receiver for the University of Memphis. He's from Vicksburg, and if you Google him, I mean, he's down to like the eighth page on Google now, unfortunately. I've really, (laughs) I've totally bogarted his name uh, and likeness, which I I hate it for him. Well, and there is a town in Louisiana, which that's where you're from the state of Louisiana, right? I am. I've driven through Bunky a number of times. I grew up in Shreveport. My most of my family is in South Louisiana. All right. So let's talk golf for a second. I, I noticed you're wearing abandoned dunes sweater today. What was that trip like? It was awesome. It's like a straight up golf playground. It's so beautiful and so freaking hard all at the same time. Um, I played, so there's five courses out there. I kind of showed up a day late. So I only played three courses, but I played the three I wanted to play. So I played Old Mac, I played Bandit Trails, I played uh, Bandit Dunes, uh, which were, my, I mean, obviously a lot of people's favorites. Uh, I think uh, Bandon Dunes is a lot of people's favorite just because it's on the water. It's awesome. Everything everything about it is really cool. Bandon Trails is cool because it's kind of both the best of both worlds. Some of it's on the on the water and then some of it's kind of in the trees a little bit, kind of like what you expect Oregon to look like. And then Old Mac is, I mean, this is brutal. That's kind of such a brutal golf course. But they have probably the coolest uh, halfway house I've ever seen. So 
you go to the old Mac, say play eight and you walk around and there's a little halfway house that is on the edge of a cliff overlooking the water with a bench. You just kind of sit down there, have a beer, have a sandwich. Uh, it's pretty neat. So it was a great time. I'd highly recommend uh, anybody going. It's I think they're booked through 24, which is crazy. I highly recommend it. I'm going back in May next year. Uh, so I'm pretty pumped. Uh, maybe I'll actually get some practice in and, and not just get absolutely injected uh, by the golf courses. But yeah, super cool um, and uh, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Sounds like it. So when did you first start playing golf? When did you pick up a club? I grew up on a golf course uh, like every uh, privileged white kid. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, uh, I I mean, my, my parents weren't wealthy by any stretch, but I was lucky enough to kind of grow, grow up in and around the game. My dad was a very good golfer. Um, they had this really cool men's league that was across several different country clubs. Uh, it's called Red Fox, uh, not the comedian, but like an actual uh, golf league. And so he played in that. I would be in the car with him all the time uh, when I was a little kid. And so I, and I took like golf in the summers. There's a great little golf course in Shreveport called Corby's. Uh, it is uh, just your typical public golf course. Uh, that's where I kind of grew up learning the game and uh, would go to summer camp there and, and play, you know, just pound balls and played high school. And, and I kind of put the clubs down when I got to college, like because I had a hundred other things going on. But then in law school, like my third year, is when I kind of picked it up again. I had uh, I had nothing but paper classes, which if you've ever been to law school, you know what that is. But basically, uh, you don't really you don't have tests, and you kind of don't need, need to go to class that much. You just have to write a paper at the end of the year. So I would play at a great deal. I went to Ole Miss, and so they had a great deal at the University Golf Course, where you pay 150 bucks as a student, and you can play like unlimited golf for a semester. So you're at Ole Miss, you're in law school. Is that where the relationship with the Ole Miss golf team came about? I knew actually the, the coach now who's there, uh, Chris Malloy. Uh, Chris was in college the same time I was, and we knew each other. Not We weren't real close, but we, we knew of each other. As I got older as an Ole Miss fan, and like I'm sure there are a ton of Arkansas fans that are probably listening to this, you may have the same, the same feeling I do. Like there comes a point. Where like you've been beat up so much over a course of time, you're like I'm, not, I'm just I'm kind of indifferent. If we win, lose, great. Like I'm super happy if we win. If we lose, it's not going to like ruin my week. And so a buddy of mine one time was like, you know, you can still do all that and like find another sport within the university that you really enjoy. I was like, well, golf's perfect. So I started kind of following the golf team. Uh, started tweeting about them just randomly. Uh, lucky enough that they had played a couple of golf tournaments up at the Blessings, uh, either a regional or, you know, Arkansas is kind of hosting a, a tournament during the season up there now. You're known on Twitter. I don't get it. How do you do it? Are you always on your phone or do you have your computer up where you're just following people or do you have alerts for certain people when funny things come across? Because you're a comedian on Twitter. You know, like, I, I mean, I have it open on my office, like on my computer and kind of just have it scrolling like, like uh, during the day. I don't, I'm not on my phone as much, you know, during the day, like going through it. But like at night, if I'm watching a basketball game or a football game or something, it's a fun, like, like supplementary entertainment, you know, as you're watching the game. And so just, you know, I've come up with something stupid and, and just, I, I, like, I hope anybody that follows me never takes my Twitter very seriously because I certainly don't. So um, that's, that's kind of how it all came, came to pass. You've had Tony Kornheiser mention you on PTI. Scott Van Pelt, I mean, just mentions you all the time. 
And with him, Justin Tulsa at the PGA Championship, did you even get to say hello to SVP face to face? Well, so I, I didn't really advertise this um, just because of kind of who he is. And, and you know, I have, I have great respect for, for Scott, but uh, he tweeted it out. So I didn't feel as bad. He and I went to dinner on Thursday. <laughs> me, me and him and Stanford Steve, you know, he had hit me up. He's like, hey, we're going to be in town. Let's go grab something to eat. So, you know, I had never met Scott in person. Obviously, we, we message back and forth every once in a while. Uh, he is as nice a guy as, like, you think he should be. Like, he is just an A-plus human. Him and Steve both are just – I really enjoyed hanging out with those guys. Uh, I ended up catching up with Steve at the golf course on Sunday. We walked around a little bit on Max Homa. Just A-plus guys. So, that was very cool. Very – you know, people ask me like, "Do you get paid for your Twitter?" Like, no. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing the boat. Like, for sure, I probably missed the boat there. But like, if that's the if that's what I get to do by tweeting dumb stuff, like that's pretty cool. Who picked up the tab? He would not let me pick it up. I asked him. I said, "Are you picking this up, or is ESPN picking this up?" Because I'll eat on ESPN's dime. I'm not going to eat on your dime. He goes, "Don't worry, we got to take care of." I was like, "All right, whatever you say." So i i didn't uh, I didn't press the issue. So I'll, I'll, I'm sure I will pay him back at some point. Do you think it's time that SVP becomes the voice of golf? I mean, he is so good and so quick. Um, I think he'll eventually, like, I, this is, he's never said anything to me, so let me make it clear. This is just my total guess. I think eventually that's what he'll do. Like, I, I think he'll he'll run, he, he's got a pretty sweet gig right now. I think the ESPN let him move back to College Park. Uh, which I know his mom lives there. And so his, he wanted his kids to grow up. He's a Maryland guy. And so I think that was super important for him. I'm, again, I'm just speaking out of my rear end. I, I don't know this for certain, but that's my guess, having talked to him a little bit. Um, but yeah, I would guess eventually. I don't know if he'll do it. I don't know. I don't know if he'd do at the end, be like, ah, I just kind of want to do some golf here and there. Like, I don't know if he'll want to do every stink in a week, like the full tour. Maybe he just does the majors, maybe. He just maybe he does senior tour events. Maybe he just kind of wants to hang out. Like I don't know. I think he'll eventually do something because you know he started Golf Channel. Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of in his roots. He's a mis- member of Congressional in DC, and obviously he's got a pretty strong ties with with the Masters. So yeah, that's total guess. But yeah, I bet you eventually he does something. Justin Thomas, the way he came back, were you surprised at that? No, and here's why. I followed him on Friday, I, like. Which was actually really cool. So the great thing about Tiger being out there is he sucks up all the oxygen, right? And so you got the opportunity to like go watch anybody else and have a pretty good view. And especially on the back nine at Southern Hills, because it kind of takes you out away from the club, like from the, the uh, clubhouse. And it's kind of a tough walk, so not a lot of people want to do it. Uh, and so I followed him and DJ and Cantlay uh, on the back on Friday. And that's when they, so Justin Thomas got the bad, really bad end of the draw. Like he got the wind. Oh, it was howling. Yeah. On Thursday and Friday. And he shot a 67 on that Friday, which was the best round of the tournament bar none. Like, I don't care about, uh, you know, Rory's five under on the first day or Bubba's 63 or 64, whatever he shot. That 67 was as good around as I'd seen out there. He was hitting everything. Just super well, really dealing with the wind well. He just missed a couple of putts. Uh, and so, like, after that, I was like, I don't know how this guy doesn't win this golf tournament. Like, to come out of the bad the bad draw and be right in the hunt, like, he's one or two back after Friday. Like, I was like, surely 
you know, Saturday and Sunday were super tough. Like the elements just, uh, it ate everybody up. Nobody played well, but like when, at the end, you know, when JT had to play well, like he hit some just unreal golf shots, both coming down the stretch and in the playoff. Have you played golf with any celebrities? I mean, you've had dinner with SVP, but when when are you all going to play? Is he going to invite you up to congressional? <laughs> I, I didn't ask. I didn't ask. No, I mean, not really. I, I play a bunch with the guys from the lane up. I don't know if you consider those guys celebrities, but they're, they've become really close friends. I'll I'll go play a couple of their events a year, um, you know, and I just I, – I'll play locally. Like, I'll play some tournaments here and there, but, like, I'm not – I don't have the bandwidth right now to go like run on these long golf excursions, but here I am just saying I went to Bandon two weeks ago. So but <laughs> who knows? But no, the answer to that is not really. Uh, yeah, and you're going to Bandon next year too. Yeah, totally. It's totally fine with me. Like, I'm, I, nobody wants to play golf with me. I don't know about that. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You're going to say no one wants to play with you, but you never know. All right. Uh, best golf course you've ever played? I mean, Southern Hills is great. Like, it's great. It's one of the top 50 courses in the world. Like, no question. Great. No question about um, it. I've played that a bunch. I've played Colonial. I've played like the English Turn and New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, probably Southern Hills. Like, Abandon's great. Like, I, you know, those are three of the top 10 in the country. Um, I, I would say that's really high up there, too. So, I, I mean, I would say Southern Hills are abandoned. Like, I'm, I have I have been out to a lotion. I've never played it. Um Oh, I mean, Southwind in Memphis. Like, I, I'm pretty, I've never been to Augusta. Obviously, I've never played it. Um, never been up to like play Shinnecock or, or any of that good stuff. So, yeah, I, I'd say Southern Hills are banded. Maybe Van Pelt can get you to Augusta. That's right. Well, you know, and, and, and I, I do know a few people that, that are, are, are pretty Augusta adjacent. So it'll happen. I don't know if I'll play. I just love to go. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Best golfer on the planet right now? Um, JT, probably. I mean, everybody's a lot of people are going to say Scheffler. God, he looked like trash this week. He didn't play worth the damn. I think JT's been pretty consistent. He hasn't won at this at the clip you might expect him to, but I mean, he won the players and he and then he wins the PGA. Like, that's pretty good. Like, and now, and now Bones, Bones finally has a flag that he can celebrate the victory with. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's he's pretty crucial to that that whole scenario. I mean, he's just you know the wisdom that dude imparts. You, you saw it a lot. Like, I think uh, what was I listening? I think I was listening to uh, uh, Shotgun Start yesterday, and they were talking about the difference between having bones and then whoever Mito Pereira has. Like at the end, Pereira got super quick. Like his pace when he missed that putt on seventeen, which I mean, how crazy is that? He was really. One revolutional golf ball from winning the golf tournament. Didn't matter what he did on 18, if that, if that puck goes in. And that putt doesn't go in. And like he's apparently a very slow golfer. I didn't really monitor it, but like he got really fast once he missed that putt. He went immediately to the tee box, immediately hit that ball, immediately took that drop, immediately chipped the ball. Like it was, it got really quick. And that, that is the fault of not only him, but the fault of his caddy. And I think you saw Bones. And JT really slow it down there at the end. Uh, and that was, I'm not saying it's the difference, but it's certainly a difference between like having an experienced caddy that's been through like everything versus a guy who literally is, has been on tour for a year. So, yeah, that was really cool. That's kind of a little nuance. That was pretty neat. Is Tiger the best ever? Yeah, for sure. 
Like, I mean, I'm in that generation. That's, that's like if you talk to my dad versus me, I'm like, who's the best basketball player? He'd say Dr. Jazz. Like, this is Jordan. Like, what are we talking about? And you'd ask a kid who's, you know, 20 now, go, oh, it's LeBron. So, I mean, I, he probably, like, a certain generation would probably say Jack, but I mean, that run Tiger was on, like, that will, and, you know, that will never be matched. I, and I say that, I, I, not in my lifetime, I don't think it'll yeah, be I don't matched. Think so, either. so it was, it was pretty awesome when he, when he was at his height, like, and even now, like that Friday round that he played, that was crazy. Like he looked, he looked like garbage on Thursday. Like I was like, he's withdrawn. Like he can barely first tee, he teed off on 10. And if you know anything about Southern Hills, they put the tee way up on top and you have to walk down these stairs. Man, he looked 80 years old walking down those stairs. And I really thought like, oh, he's going to, he's going to withdraw. Like he just looks like, like trash. And, then Friday, like he was really struggling, right? And then he just freaking gutted it out on the back nine, made some birdies, got in, got in two under the the number. And I was like, man, that is awesome! Like that guy is tough because I'm. So I have a really good friend that is um, a PT uh, and a uh, the physio for uh, a top ten player. I'm not going to out him, but he's do- he's a top ten player. And I was talking to him. I'd sent him a picture of Tiger when he was at Southern Hills about two weeks previous. And it had a picture of his leg, right? I mean, he had it on a sleeve, but you can't see it. And I was like, man, look at that leg. And, he goes, and I said, but, you know, he's playing okay. Like, he was swinging the club. And my buddy said, man, that thing is messed up. Like, it is not good. I'm shocked he's out there playing. So, it, it was a super gritty effort by that dude. And, and, like, I didn't really even care that he withdrew on Saturday. He's like, hey, man, like, you don't like he doesn't owe he doesn't if he doesn't play again like he doesn't owe anybody anything right other than but he's just such a he's like Jordan and the fact that he's just a psychopath like he just has to compete and has to be in that arena and so uh, it, it was cool to see like I'm glad he played because it, it you know that's probably the last time I'll get to see him play in person so that was pretty cool of all of your tweets you've ever sent is there one that sticks out you know one that kind of took off in a very unfortunate period of our country is uh, uh, on January 6th, right? Uh, they're storming the Capitol. And I tweeted something about Tommy Tuberville, about how the minute they let Tommy Tuberville in the Congress, the defense breaks down. Uh, and, and that one was, was super <laughs> – that one kind of took off. It took a life of its own. Uh, and Tommy Tuberville has since blocked me. He didn't think it was funny, clearly. So, sorry, Coach. He was the, he was the coach at Ole Miss when I was there. Like I mean, you know, we're solidarity. But yeah, he he didn't. I guess Senator Tuberville didn't think that was very funny. What's your fascination with Houston Nut? So I, I have like a direct relationship, like not a personal relationship, but like a there was a certain part of my life where um, he was just present. So I lived in Fayetteville during the Gus Malzahn, Mitch Mustaine, Houston Nut, the whole thing. I was there in that time period, the Derry McFadden, Phyllis Jones. I was, I was, I lived in that, I lived in Fable in that window. So I was directly exposed to all that mess. Right. And then he takes the old Miss job, my alma mater. And so now I not only have him as, uh, as, as somebody I lived in close proximity to, but then when he took the old Miss job as somebody actually like, it's funny when the guy down the street does stupid stuff, it's a little less funny when he's in your house doing it. And so <laughs> over the years, uh, you know, obviously the last two years of Ole Miss were a hot mess. But I think over the years, I've just grown an affinity for just the character that is Houston Nutt. He just makes me laugh. 
Have you ever gotten a direct message from someone that said, what, what are you doing? Or I'm going to come get you. I'm going to find you. Yes. So uh, one in particular, um, he, I'm not going to name his name. Uh, he may or may not have been an Arkansas quarterback that wore the number 15 and transferred from Michigan. I'm not going to name his name. Um, <laughs> okay, Ryan Mallett. Yeah, not who? I don't know who that He's is. He's a high school um, football coach now. Yeah, hey, coach. Um, he, so for the longest time, when I lived in Fayetteville, he was there, right? Or, yeah, there was a time I was living in Fayetteville. He had just transferred. And we, we'd see him out sometimes. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm not going to get into it. But we started a, a Twitter account called Summer of Mallet. And it was me and a couple of buddies. And for about a year, we just, we acted like he was on summer vacation the entire time. And, and we took on this persona about, about him and he didn't like it. And he found out who was in charge because we were all living in Fayetteville. Uh, and not too long ago, like every once in a while, I'll still tweet about it. I won't now, but there were a couple of years there after we stopped doing summer mallet that he, uh, he would get kind of mad if I tweeted something about it. And I tweeted something about, you know, he had a rough stretch there for a couple of years. He he was living in Fayetteville. I think there might have been a DUI in there. It, it just it, I, things weren't going. I, I hope things are going fine now, but they weren't going great then. And I may have gotten a threatening message from him and his at that time wife about wanting to come over. He knows where I live and wants to come over and see me. So that never happened. But hey, Brian, come over. We'll have a beer, bud. Whatever. <laughs> All right, fantasy foursome. You and three other guys, living or deceased, who do you want to play a friendly round with? Uh, let's see. Probably my dad, me, um, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Okay. And yeah, we'll put um, we'll put Hal Sutton in there. He's a three point guy. So wow. we'll go. We'll go. Yeah. Hal, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, me, and my dad. Be the right club today. Yes, uh, he uh, Shreveport legend, uh, breast sweat connoisseur. Really, really, he was he was an artist when it came to the underboob sweat. So uh, I love I love I, I think his, physically he's probably struggling a little bit now. I think his back is kind of giving out on him, but I would love to have old Hal in the group. Man, Bucky, this has been great. We're gonna have to do it again sometime. Yeah, man, I'll have to get to Little Rock and uh, corral old Blake Eddins, and we'll, we'll go tee it up. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. You all know by now I'm not a good golfer, but my son loves the game and he and I have been playing more. I've got my score down to... I've quit playing a scramble on every hole. I'm using the bunker rake much less than I used to, and a lot of the time I hit my drives past the women's tee box. All of my success in golf can directly be tied to me listening to From the Short Grass. Without it, I would not be the golfer I am today. Trey, you owe me 20 bucks for that. Trey knows golf. I know auctions. Come see us at BlackmanAuctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. There will be no rules segment this week with PGA Master Professional Adam Carney, but we hope to bring that back next week. 
I will tell you that uh, as I was recording this podcast, uh, some news broke. Tiger Woods announced on Twitter that he previously informed the USGA that he will not be competing in the U.S. Open golf this year as my body needs more time to get stronger for major championship golf. I do hope and plan to be ready to play in Ireland at the JP Pro-Am and at the Open next month. That will be taking place at St. Andrews. He says, quote, I am excited to get back out there soon. Well, Tiger, we hope you are able to get back out there soon as well. Speaking of the U.S. Open, next week at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. And next week on From the Short Grass, how about we bring on a Boston native, Pat Bradley, former Razorback basketball great. He loves the game of golf. And we're going to talk golf next week with Pat Bradley. I need to tell you about our friends at Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Blair Allen, Matthew Allen, they do a great job of managing hotel properties. If you need a place to stay, whether you're traveling through the great state of Arkansas, into Oklahoma, throughout Mississippi, look at their website, bphotels.com, and find one of their great places to spend the night bphotels.com beachwood pinnacle hotels a great sponsor here of from the short grass that will do it for this edition of from the short grass i want to thank bunky perkins for taking some time out of his busy schedule to chat with me over zoom i hope you enjoyed his interview i leave you with these golf quotes the first one from sam sneed if a lot of people gripped a knife and forked the way they do a golf club they'd starve to death and this one from lee trevino There is no such thing as natural touch. Touch is something you create by hitting millions of golf balls. I hope the next time you're on the green, you find a ball mark and it's yours and you fix it. And then you fix a couple of more. And I hope to see you from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.